Hey ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends, I'm Stephanie. Welcome to Seize the Good, the positive podcast with passionate people. Today we're chatting with Allie Young, founder of The Forum, a tech platform that improves upward mobility for professionals at Fortune 1000 organizations. Why is this super cool? Before you hear Allie answer that question, I want to share some stats from the forum's website. There are $366 billion spent on learning and development globally. 70% of learning and development is allocated to existing leaders, and 30% more men are promoted than women at the first step up. Allie tells us about her founder story and why she is so passionate about helping women succeed. Bonus content, Allie shares the five skills that unlock upward mobility. Finally, we're introducing a new segment on the podcast called the Do-Gooder Report. Jamie Foltz, CEO of Do-Gooder Media, is joining me to tell a little story each week about people doing good things. Check it out after Allie's interview. Awesome. Allie, thank you so much for being on Seize the Good today. Super excited to hear your story. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you, Stephanie. So what would you say if I asked you to describe the forum in like 60 seconds? So the forum, very simply, is a program that moves women into positions of power and leadership. We work with large organizations, and it includes workshops, a new career advancement platform, as well as executive coaching. Was that 60 or under? That was definitely under, but I'm it's it's awesome. I the goal was like a a quick like definition overview and you just crushed it. Great. So, um I've been reading a lot about the forum and um kind of why you built it and uh but tell me the story about, you know, from your idea when you had this idea to where you're at today. How did it how did it get to where it is now? Well, For me, it was something that hit me very suddenly um, when I decided to create the forum. So it was, um, I have this long career in tech and long career in large organizations. And I always had a yearning to be an entrepreneur. I always had a yearning to support other people and to really align my time with my values and the things that I'm really passionate about. And although I love technology and I'm still, I'm a tech entrepreneur today, um, I was selling advertising. And so it just, it was not something that really connected with me in a deep way. Um, A little bit after the election, I was feeling like I needed to invest my time even more in a way where I'm connecting my time with my values. So that became a big thought for me that I could not stop thinking about this. Like I am dissatisfied with my current work today and I have to be able to help in a bigger way, but I really didn't know how. So like for me, after the election, what I kept thinking about were things like climate change. I don't know how to impact climate change except for recycling. Like I'm not a scientist. I don't know how to do anything there in a big way where I can make a big change and a big dent. Um, But eventually what I came to realize is that if I invest in women and if I invest in other underrepresented groups and minorities in business, then they can really become a catalyst for change. So I may not know enough about climate change and making a big change there and impact in terms of society, 
Um, but there are women who do, and that there's many, many people out there who may not have, they may have great ideas, but they may, and they also may be able to execute really well, but really where they may be challenged is having a big enough platform to enact change. So I really think of women as an amplifier for good. So for me, investing in women is hugely important, not just for the sake of women and for business, but truly for the world. I love that. That's that's so interesting. And um, also kind of funny because that's something that I've been thinking about um, a lot lately too. And so ironic because I'm actually in the middle of kind of writing uh, like an essay about that. I'm so like nerdy. I just write essays for fun. Um, But I feel the exact same way. I feel like I'm really daunted and really overwhelmed by the problems of the world, climate change and like institutional racism and um, extreme poverty. And I can't do anything about that because I don't know how to make engineering work. Like I don't know anything about public policy. Like I don't know anything about science. Um, And so my original goal with that was uh like when I was younger I was like okay I'll be a teacher and that way I can like this is so cheesy but kind of help raise up tomorrow's leaders and encourage tomorrow's leaders to solve these problems that I can't solve and so I'm really excited to hear you say more um because everything that you just said is stuff that has been exactly on my mind lately and I'm I just love it so I just wanted to add that in yeah. So it's been, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so it's been bouncing around in your mind too, um, or knocking around in there. That's what, the expression I always like to use. Um, you know, funny enough, I also thought about being a teacher at some point. Um, that was something that was, um, I too wanted to help raise the next, you know, the next generation of leaders. So I also thought about being a teacher, which is very funny. Um, but you know, and I really had the same driving force of, working with future leaders. But it's interesting because we could work with future leaders today in in this way. And when women are um when women are leading and when women are also compensated as well as men, as well as rising faster. So really the point I'm trying to make is when women make more money, they are more likely to put it back into their communities. And so even if women are not you know, like helping solve um, extreme poverty um, or institutional racism or climate change, they're still funding some of those answers. Absolutely. I love that. Um, What is a challenge about being an entrepreneur that you've had to overcome? So you kind of mentioned that you wanted to be an entrepreneur for a long time. You kind of feel like you have that skill set. Um, and that desire, what, what's been hard about it? Well, there's so much that's hard about being an entrepreneur. (laughs) Um, You know, not having a giant team to just say, come on guys, like, let's do this thing that's already funded. So I spent 11 years working at Google, which is a very well-funded organization. Um, And so (laughs) you can have an idea and pitch it. And if it's a good idea and the company wants to get behind it, you can make it happen. And there's zero risk there. You have your health insurance paid for, you still have your salary, you still get all of your stock options. So there's no risk. Being an entrepreneur is really risky. 
Um, I'm doing it now at an age where I'm older. I think it benefits me greatly as well as the people who I work with. And I always think like the people who I serve. So the women who I work with, um, because I've amassed a lot of knowledge over this time, as well as experience and maturity. I've certainly matured a lot over the years. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, I still have that mental, um, those mental blocks sometimes where I say, my God, like I'm doing this now when I'm at my prime earning years. And these now every dollar that I make goes right back into my company. So essentially I have no income right now because I've just reinvested back into the forum, um, into my career advancement platform, into new resources, into team members. And so that part, that psychological part of this is, is very hard for me. Um, I think that the things that I'm good at is just putting one foot in front of the other. I'm super resilient. I have a lot of grit. It's really hard to get me down. And so if I feel like the company isn't moving as fast as I would like, or I want to, you know, like I'm not getting the type of results that I want or that I expect to get, it doesn't actually bring me down to me. I just take that as data and I just have to figure out ways in which to solve the problem. Um, so that part, I, uh, that part for a lot of other people, it could get them down. That does not bother me. I just, again, like look for another solution, but the part that I do find really challenging, it's the economics. So, um, I also raised pre-seed funding and that was to build out my platform. Um, and now we spent nine months building out a platform. It recently launched. We're launching with very large organizations, with Google and with Verizon and Pinterest. Um, but at the same time, it takes a lot of staff and um, and work and product and eng in order to build out the right product for those types of big clients. And so that is what I think about a lot. Like, is this you know what are the unit economics here? Are we going to like, when are we going to be able to launch this and really start scaling it in a way that then we could get our next round of funding? When I think about funding, I think about, um, do, am I hitting the right milestones so that we could get seed funding or go into a series A? Um, and what does that trajectory look like? So there's a lot of anticipation, I would say, as an entrepreneur, particularly in a funding cycle, because, um, you may, you know, you may have a great product, you may have a lot of um, momentum, but do you have the right momentum that signals to the market what your next funding goal should be or what you want it to be and to hit those goals? And so ultimately that is a little bit of a, like a cat and mouse. And there's a lot of like mental swirl that happens as you're trying to achieve certain milestones that will get you to the funding that you desire. Yeah, I uh, I work for a startup and and I know all about like these like seed rounds and Series A and and all of these very much like startup vocabulary, um, and it's hard. It's really hard, and it's the grind that a lot of people don't see. I feel like so kind of speaking about the grind that a lot of people don't see. Um, so you're clearly very passionate, and the forum is clearly awesome and super interesting. Um, what is, and, and you aren't a huge fan of like the economic side of things. Um, what do you like? Like, do you like doing product development? Do you like doing business development? Do you like, you know, the creative side of things or managing your team? Yeah. What's your favorite part of, of your job? 
I love creating. I love creating. I loving have I love having an idea and going after it. I love problem solving. Um so again, if we hit a roadblock, to me I it's just a puzzle to be solved. If there's a challenge, I am not ever like thwarted by a challenge. To me, a challenge is really exciting. Um, but it is what's interesting about being an entrepreneur as well is that you actually have to wear every single hat. And so I had a lot of curiosity going into this saying, my God, if I'm actually the product manager, I'm also the finance person. I'm also the CEO, you know, I'm like CEO, the CFO, the, the CTO, I'm like all of these roles wrapped up in one marketing sales, biz dev. I have a career in sales but did I just default to that at some point when I was younger and like start selling? Or is it something that really aligns with what I'm good at? Like, who knows? Maybe when, I, when I'm an entrepreneur, I'm going to really love product management. And I just didn't know, I, you know, I just didn't realize that that's something I would have loved because I wasn't truly exposed to it. And I never had the opportunity to do it. So what I discovered, which was actually felt really nice is that the things I'm really good at and I love doing are also the things that I was doing previously in my career. So I truly don't love product management. It'll be great one day when we have a product manager full time, um, working across a large team because I do it, but it is not a love of mine. The love is connecting with clients, partnering with partnering with clients, really getting to understand their business, understand their challenges, um, and then building out solutions. I don't like the execution of building out the solutions. I like the ideating of solutions um, that, you know, solve their, those challenges. And for me in this business, working with women, it's extraordinarily meaningful to me to work with women and to help them be seen. One of the reasons I started the forum is because I observed throughout my entire career and have also felt that there are amazing women everywhere doing great work who are some of the smartest people in the room, who are some of the most knowledgeable people in the room about whatever, you know, like their role is or subject matter experts. Um, and yet they're never the most senior. And so I just feel like there are great women who are not seen for the value and the impact that they already provide. So I'm not helping women create more value or create a bigger impact. That impact is already there. It's just that that impact is not always acknowledged and seen. And so I'm helping women figure out a way to share their great work and to make sure that they are visible to the right people. And that is extraordinarily rewarding. When people feel seen, and these are people who are working their tails off. They're working so hard. A lot of these women also are parents. You know, most women shoulder more responsibility at home than their male counterparts. Almost all women who work in corporate settings, they almost all, like 80% of them have partners who also work. And that is not the same for men in leadership. Most men in leadership have stay-at-home wives. Most women in leadership have husbands who also work. So it is exponentially harder for these women um, so when they are seen and their work is visible, and when that all of a sudden creates a new path for them to accelerate their careers and to have a bigger impact and to have more power, it is enormously rewarding. So I love that part of it. I love helping women be seen. I love it. Is that is that like what gets you up in the morning? And is that what keeps you going when there's setbacks and things get really hard and you have to do 
wear all the hats and the hats that you don't like. Yes. <laughs> it is. It is. I love that. The hats I don't like. Cause I've definitely had those moments of like, Oh my God, why am I, do, you know, this piece of the product, um, and really diving into it. And where does a button go? Is it on the, you know, on the top of the page, the bottom of the page? Like I, that is not my area of expertise and is not the things that I really care about. Um, but ultimately if that thing will help another woman be seen and acknowledged, that's, that's really what moves me. That's an attitude that a lot of people don't have, which I really love. Um, so I think you started, you worked on career development before you started the forum, right? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Actually, I did not, Stephanie. It is, but I can explain, I can explain why that it feels that way. So I was, I was always on the sales side or I was always on an on the ground employee. So I started my career in advertising. I did creative, um, like I worked with creative agencies. I worked at media agencies. I moved to a technology company called DoubleClick, which was acquired by Google. And I was there for 11 years. And I did well where I was getting promoted. I had larger and larger opportunities that I worked on. Um, and I became an entrepreneur within the organization and scaled out a global solution for one of their ad tech products. Um, but while I was there, I was leading and as a leader, I was somebody who really cared about the people on my team. And I really cared about moving women forward in their careers. I created the, when I created the forum, I would say that's really when I launched into true, like fully and truly career development. And that was two and a half years ago. So, but it took me around a year to really understand how do we unlock mobility for women? And I did that by really dissecting my career. So what are the things that worked in my career and what didn't? For me, it did not come easy. I had to learn everything, you know, trial and error. I did not have a lot of people opening doors for me. I just had to blow it out of the water every single time um, I was working on a project in order to get to the next level. But it's really not the most sustainable way to accelerate a career and to unlock upward mobility. So there were moments in my career where it did come easier, where I started building a personal brand, where my network really started growing. And that's when all of a sudden new opportunities started landing on my lap. So what I started to do was to examine my own career as well as do a lot of research and then um, work with other executives to understand how were they able to unlock mobility. So that took around a year. And in that time, I started doing workshops and career coaching focused on what I've discovered discovered to be the five keys that unlock upward mobility. Um, it, and then I then took that curriculum that I was doing in person through like bespoke corporate workshops for 20, 40, a hundred people. And I said, I want to scale this out to a significantly larger group. So my personal goal is to move 1 million women into leadership. And that's when I built out this career advancement platform, which takes the entire curriculum and puts it online and that the curriculum includes insights, like short little weekly insights that can give you an exact, how does an executive think about upward mobility or how would an executive think and interpret a skill that I teach that would then help you be able to access it or act on it in a much easier fashion. And then we have all of these tools within the platform that makes it easier for you to focus on these skills and to really start climbing. 
Um, and that really happened in the past year. And that's what we launched um, in in this summer with Google. Okay. So Ali, so you have all of this wisdom and knowledge. Can you share what the five, um, what the five tips are? Sure. So there are five skills that unlock upward mobility. I'll go through the five of them and then I'll give a little bit of, I'll give a tip and trick for each one. So the first one is self-advocacy. I think most people think about self-advocacy as the big ask. So I want to get promoted. I want to make sure I'm paid equally. I want that choice role. And we should be prepared for the big ask. But if we are not self-advocating on a day-to-day basis, then when we have our big ask, we're not going to be very well aligned to get it. So I think more people should spend more time focusing on being visible to the people who matter in your career. So there's your manager, of course, but then there's also the people who influence your career. So that's where I really think of self-advocacy as um, sharing the work that you're doing and the impact that you're having with a broader group of people on an ongoing basis. The second skill is personal branding. Personal branding, the way I interpret it, is simply being able to identify and share the things you do really well in your job, so your strengths, as well as the things that you're passionate about and you want to do more of. So when we're able to share the things we're good at and the things we want to do more of with our manager, again, and the people who influence our career or network and our peers, then very likely we're going to start getting more work that's based on those things. All we're doing when we do that is giving data and insights to the people around us that they clue into. And when a new opportunity arises, they will call you because they know you're good at this thing or you want to do more of something. The third skill is relationships. There's really three levels to relationships. There's your manager relationship, which we all know about, but I often feel we over-index on our manager. We know we need to have a good relationship with our manager, but at a big company, our manager is only one of the people who gets to decide if you get promoted, if you get that um, you know, um, increased comp, if you get that choice project where you go in a reorg. The group of people who decide are your career influencers. And those are the people who I mentioned before that you need to self-advocate to. Those are the people who need to know your work. You do not need to have strong personal relationships with them, although that certainly helps. But really what they need to know is your impact to the organization. That way, when you have your big ask, like you want to get promoted, they are aware of your work and they would support your promotion. The third level of relationships is a network. So 85% of all of your opportunities will come from your network. It's just a place that we need to focus. And there are ways where we can really connect with our network in a way that is included in our everyday work opposed to going to, you know, like cocktail parties and networking events that could feel really uncomfortable for us. So my, I always advise people to network 20 minutes once a week, one, one-to-one with people. Um, the third skill is leadership, which is sort of a, an obvious one. And then finally, financial fluency. You could be the very best at your job, number one. But if you cannot express the economics of your business, you will never become a department head because the people above you will think you don't understand the business, not the way that you need to, and you cannot run a P&L. So you have to be able to prove that you could run a P&L and that you understand the finances of your business, the economics of your business. And if you prove that and you're great at your job, then all of a sudden that door can open for you. 
So those are the five. Again, I try to make them digestible and actionable for people to, um, to act on, I guess, or to, you know, to put, to incorporate into their everyday. And that's what we teach through our workshops, focus on the five skills. We have a program of six workshops, the career advancement tool where you could go in and we have all of our workshops broken out by week by short little one minute increments, as well as little tools to help you, um, actually put them into action. So an example of that is self-advocacy. If I'm, if I'm advising that you self-advocate and you make your work visible, we actually have a career advancement um, tool in the platform that I call um, an accomplishment tracker. So every two weeks, we text you and we say, do you have an accomplishment? If you do, you could just reply to your text and it goes into an accomplishment tracker. And then every quarter, we recommend that you send that, those accomplishments to your manager And that's how you become more visible to your manager. And at the same time, if there are accomplishments that can have an impact on other departments, we also find ways for you to connect your work to other departments so you can make your work visible, not just to your manager, but to the people who influence your career. So those are just a few examples um, of how we bring to life the five skills through workshops as well as the platform. Wow, that is beyond cool. I love that. I can see where all of your creativity and problem solving is coming into play. That's so awesome. Yes, it's very, pro- <laughs> you're right. It's very problem solving. I, yeah, yes. I mean, I know that, but I, I haven't thought about it exactly in that way. Another example is our networking hub. So I, right, I, I said that networking and relationships is one of the most important things you could do to unlock opportunities for yourself. So I don't want to just tell people to go out there and network. What we do is we have a networking hub and then we have a, um, a a unique algorithm that matches employees and we prioritize matching employees outside of departments, outside of functions, as well as various skills that you're great at or you want to learn. And so then on our little timeline where we have all of our little tasks that will only take a minute to five minutes. We will also place people on your timeline and we say, this is somebody that you should be networking with because of X, Y, and Z reason. What? That is so cool. Yeah. So it's all very, um, it's all, it's, it is solving the problem because one of the big problems too is just people don't have time. And so you could give great advice. Like this is all very good advice, but it's really hard for people to take the advice and to act on it because nobody has time. We're all asked to do more with less. And as I talked about earlier, for women, it's exponentially harder for us to get out of our to-do list and tomorrow's deliverable because we have often, many of us have more on our plate. And so I really wanted to make it as easy as possible for women to take this advice and to actually put it into action. I love it. That's amazing. So Ali, where can people go to get involved and, and find out more about the forum? Yes. So I would love for people to come to our website. It's the4m.co. The company is named after my daughter, Emerson, 4M. So it's the, F-O-R-E-M.co. And that's our website. And that's where you can find out more about me, more about the career advancement platform, as well as sign up for live video workshops or our Monday weekly email. Um, Okay. Awesome. Ali, thank you so much for being on Seize the Good today.
Jamie, welcome to our inaugural do-gooder report. Hello, thank you. I'm so excited. Super excited to be co-hosts. And super excited to kick this off with a really special Christmassy story. Yeah, this one's amazing. It's amazing. So tell me about Wagons Ho Ho Ho. Oh, you're gonna love this. Okay, so Wagons Ho Ho Ho. It is a nonprofit organization that was founded by um, her name is Sue Renniger. She's actually the founder and managing partner of RMD Advertising. Wow. Um, they do some. They do mainly um, uh, like food products uh, in their business and. Um, she came up with this idea quite a while ago um, in 2008, and they decided instead of um, doing holiday gifts for all of their clients that they would um, do the special little gift, basically, to those that needed it um, as a holiday gift. And it's turned into this incredible whole mission where they spend the entire year working on getting wagons and building wagons and then filling them with a Christmas dinner. A dinner. So it's like yes. turkey and green beans and stuff like that. Yes. They fill it wow. full of food um, for um, the families that are receiving the wagons. It is so neat. That is so sweet. So um, it's, it's just clarify is it this woman who runs the nonprofit, or is it completely related to the company so wagons ho 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 is 100 volunteer run they have no staff um everything they do is entirely on a volunteer basis very cool um so everything that they bring in all of the funds that they bring in and all of the in-kind donations go straight to the families that are receiving the wagons wow oh that's amazing how many families received the wagons? So in 2008, they started um, and they built 25 wagons. Okay. That was in 2008. Um, in 2018, they had a goal to build 1,500 wagons and they did it. And they put a Christmas dinner in every single wagon. Oh, my God. That's yeah. amazing. So then I'm assuming... Uh, that these mostly go to families with children who could use the wagons like for fun and to play and stuff. Yes. So they donate, um, they have some different, uh, partner organizations that they work with. Those nonprofits then come and they pick up the wagons and then get them out to their supporters or whoever has the need in their community. That was going to be my next question. How do they choose who gets the wagons? Can people request it? Do they work through another agency? Yep. So they have um, different nonprofits that will call and request to be a part of their group. Uh, and, and as long as they can come and pick them up and they have the wagons to give them, they do. It's it's an incredible, incredible uh, nonprofit that was started and um, what they're what they've been able to do just to support these other organizations that want to give, you know, some of them are churches, some of them are nonprofits, um, in different areas all throughout kind of central and, um, Southeast, uh, Ohio. And they, they just want to keep growing and keep giving more wagons. It's so beautiful. They, um, had a call for volunteers. So they do a wagon build day. And that day um, is Saturday, December 7th. And on that day, they are building all of these wagons all in one day, stuffing them full of Christmas dinners. And by the end of the day, every wagon will be out the door and gone. 
it's beautiful. I love that so much. That's amazing. Um, what is your favorite part about this story and, and this nonprofit? What connects with you? I think it was that this, this advertising agency saw that their clients didn't need a holiday gift. They didn't need more cookies or, you know, things that weren't substantial and that weren't really important in the grand scheme of things, right? And they recognized that there was a need and they used what they knew, right, to build this program that's helping people. Um, I think we all have that ability to do something and no matter how small it is, it's going to change somebody's life if we can just stick our neck out for somebody that we believe in. And that's what this organization has done. That's what RMD Advertising has done in starting uh, Wagons Ho Ho Ho. And um, I think that's what kind of warms my heart is that it started as, you know, an opportunity to do something a little bit more for their, their community in their client's name. Um, and it's grown into something so massive and incredible. Amazing. I love it. Thank you so much, Jamie. Yeah, thank you for having me. Wagons Ho 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 is awesome. Check the show notes for the link to the full article on dogoodercolumbus.com. Also, isn't Ellie Young incredible? I love how you can just hear in her voice what a confident and hardworking woman she is. If you want more of Allie, sign up for her newsletter with career tips that will come straight to your inbox every Monday. I love mine. Head to theforum.co, that's T-H-E-F-O-R-E-M dot C-O to sign up and learn more about the platform. Also, check out at theforum.co and at Seize the Good Podcast and at Do Gooder Media on Instagram. See you next week.